0: Hey, this is Shannon from sis4teachers.org. Thanks so much for joining us for our blog this week. We are going to talk about which math curriculum or book is best. That is certainly a question that I'm asked most often when going to schools. There's so many different options out there, but is there really a perfect math series? As I always say, the book isn't your curriculum. The standards are your curriculum. The book, whether it's math expressions, go math, my math, everyday math, ready common core, eureka math, and so on, they're really purchased for you and a really great resource that can help you build a common language for math instruction. Each of the series has great components that can help as you develop a curriculum for your school. I also say that curriculum should not be stagnant. It should be changing year to year. But when you open the book from last year, it really just looks the same as last year, doesn't it? Doesn't it have the same guiding principles that you're looking for within students' engagement? Doesn't it integrate the eight mathematical practices? Does it help students to be able to construct valuable arguments and critique the reasoning in others? Is it less about just getting into the direct teaching of the lesson? At SIS for Teachers, we've done a lot with curriculum development to help teachers have some kind of roadmap for their math curriculum as they apply the eight mathematical practices and help students access the curriculum in various ways. Without a plan of some kind, we end up with what I call a binder series kind of school, where one teacher's on TPT, one has found something cute on Pinterest, another one has stolen an idea from someone else, and although they're all following the same standard, the glue of the common language to hold it all together is missing. Don't get me wrong, I'm a huge fan of things being free. I've done a ton of work with Eureka Math and Engage New York and I've have an online plat I love to have an online platform where you can kind of mold it to the needs of your district. For all these reasons, I'm so excited about the opportunity to do some work with illustrative math from Kendall Hunt. You might have heard of illustrative math for grades 6 through 12, and they're really known for that, but they're releasing a K-5 series in July of 2020. Each grade level contains eight or nine units that contain anywhere from eight to 25 lessons each. Each lesson plan is designed to fit a 60-minute math period. I know what you're thinking. Yeah, right, those 60-minute lesson plans are totally unrealistic with actual second graders, but these lesson plans from Illustrative Math are the real deal. They really give you a flexibility because they offer optional activities that you can do and include in student practice or even centers, or just on certain days when you have more time. Some of the grade levels have pre-unit practice within each section, which I really think is important. Sometimes we're eager to dive into the content of the lesson, but our students aren't really ready because it might have been a while since we really used that that, that skill. The pre-unit helps make sure we're all ready at the same time. Each of the lessons and the assessments are aligned to the center activities that support the unit content and the ongoing procedural fluency. Many of the activities they have require black line masters and really different kinds of recording sheets that they have. They're all this, um, there, there are some game boards and cards that might require some teacher print, printing, cutting, plastic baggies, but really a lot of the materials you need are already really done for you. One of the most important parts of the illustrative math series is it's designed on principles used to create a problem-based curriculum that really fosters the development of math learning with the community in a classroom. The five principles really align to what SIS for Teachers is all about. And the result is a resource that gives access to mathematics through a cohesive progression that provides an opportunities for students to really get a deep understanding in math and really help promote mathematical thinking. The first guiding principles is that students are capable as learners in mathematics. This is a principle that's really important in a world where teachers are viewed as the giver of all the information is math. We know that students are capable of learning math, that they can make the use of learning communities to make them more meaningful and meet their own unique needs. Students can practice through equitable structures that provide experiences that are accessible to their particular grade level. The resource includes classroom structures that support students taking risks. It's really important for kids to take risks because so many times they don't wanna raise their hand or engage for fear that they're going to be incorrect. The ideas of the math discourse and productive struggle come into play in this students as capable learners idea, which is two of the main underlying concepts that we talk about at SIS, come into play in this particular design principle. Another guiding principle that I love is learning mathematics by doing mathematics. With their learning communities, this looks like the student's really learning the mathematical concepts and procedures while gaining the eight mathematical practices. Can your students make sense of problems and persevere in solving them? Can they reason abstractly and quantitatively or create a viable argument with critiquing the reasoning of others? Can they model with mathematics? Can they use appropriate tools? How about that precision or use language when they're supposed to? And can they look for and make use of structure and express regularity and repeated reasoning? Remember, it's not about you as the teacher doing all it. We go through the practices every day, but it's allowing our students to really engage with those practices with peers and others, which really helps them have the opportunity to see themselves that their thinking is really worthwhile and their ideas really have perspective. The fact that this principle is incorporated into the program instead of you having to integrate these practices yourself is nothing short of amazing. The third One principle is problem-based lesson structures. Students learn mathematics as a result of solving problems. To support our students in productive struggle, giving them a problem-based instructional framework that helps them understand their mathematics is really important. At SAS, I talk about this all the time with performance tasks or 3X tasks, getting students to have higher-level thinking. The teacher's role in this kind of framework is really of the listener facilitator, a questioner, a synthesizer. As we've talked about in so many past blogs, It's about taking the back seat and becoming a co-learner with your students. Illustrative math includes these tasks as a part, as it guides, which I really think is awesome. I also think that teachers can guide students in understanding problems by asking questions. We can help students think in a more productive way as they approach problems. Using question stems like, what did you notice? What do you wonder? Is really a pivotal piece in what we've talked about a lot at SIS. Balance rigor is the fourth design principle. These two words really go together, right? The three aspects of rigor are really essential in math. You have the conceptual understanding, the procedural fluency, and the ability to be able to apply the concept and the skill in math in the real world. The NCTM really talks about these principles of action where the state of this interconnection supports students' understanding. Hello, this is the idea of CPA, concrete pictorial abstract, or if you think of it as concrete, representational, and abstract. is students don't have the conceptual understanding along with the procedural understanding it's going to be a misfit we already know that the materials in illustrative math really offer the three aspects of the rigor by helping students access the new mathematics really engaging in rigorous routines and connecting to a new representation in math language from prior learning i think it requires students to apply their knowledge and really help them to understand it there are specific grade level expectations for procedural learning. Which really comes with the warm ups, the centers, and the practice problems. But they also give continued opportunities for students to really apply their understanding and situations to be given really more practice on new materials as they're presented. The last design talks about. Coherent progression. This is so important. I'm a huge advocate for this. At SAS, I talk about that vertical zip, which is the basis of the materials that support the learners through a cohesive progression in mathematics both by the standard and the research-based learning trajectories. If we don't have a progression from grade to grade, you're on an island. The island looks nice, but they don't allow students to view mathematics as a connected set of ideas to make sense as they get older. This kind of support really helps bring in students' prior knowledge for the upcoming grade level work that they'll be doing. It's also important for teachers to understand the progression of materials. At SIS, we talk a lot about looking at the trajectories from grade to grade to really help teachers see the flow and gain an understanding of materials and how they're connected to their prior grade experience. The unit design really begins with an invitation to mathematics. I love that, an invitation to mathematics. The first few lessons really provide an accessible entry point for all the students. We do this a lot with number talks or games like Steve Wyborny's Splat with an engaging math talk picture. The invitation to come to mathematics is something we've always talked about at SIS for teachers. We want to give kids an entry point where they feel like they can get going instead of just jumping right into the lesson. Beginning with a warm-up, which I often call the lesson launch, also helps students to activate their prior knowledge. This part isn't always about success, but just getting the ideas going or sort of percolating because if they end up following up with an instructional activity, which they'll introduce the new concept will help them to understand the procedures and the representations and really make the connections between them. The lessons end with a synthesis. They come together and talk about our learning goals. So each lesson has kind of a cool down that helps students apply what they've learned, which I love. Often with performance tasks and 3x tasks, we're trying to cram so much in. But illustrative math has done an amazing job of integrating a lot of the important components of math instruction. So each activity starts the launch to help students get their tasks kind of started, followed by some independent work time. And they kind of have this part with a productive struggle, problems to do individually or maybe even in small groups. And the activity ends with them coming together and really talking about their work. Building community. Having a community in your classroom is something we talk about at our SIS trainings. We want to create an environment where students feel safe, where they feel productive disposition about math and are able to engage in mathematical practices. It's really important to us as teachers that we really start the school year by creating a safe math community that allows students to express their ideas for most of us that's really hard to do because we didn't necessarily grow up with that in our classroom additionally kids can sometimes have an idea of what math looks like and it doesn't necessarily include conversations around mathematics each of the units in each of the grades, provides a lesson structure that will establish this math community, establish norms, and invite students to make mathematics successful to them. Each lesson offers opportunities for students to learn and to really go more in-depth with the math languages and become familiar with the curriculum routines. Being able to create a community in what is going to help the kids feel really tied to the different, the different parts is really what's going to, going to be going on. Instructional routines, as we know, instructional routines are what we really do to create a structure to help elicit the math conversation. They help students understand that there's a predictable flow from day to day, that there's high expectations for learning. In the illustrative math materials, I found that they set really chose a small set of instructional routines to really ensure that they frequently use them enough to sort of become a routine. The small set of routines was chosen carefully in the program is really not to overload teachers, right? Because you're not a magician. You can't make all these things happen at once. So having a small set of strategies can really help teachers focus their energy on structuring the activities while students have time for thinking and mathematical ideas play out. So each of the routines bring its, a lot of different types of parts to help build a collective understanding of the structure. These routines are aligned with the unit, the lesson, the activity, and the learning goal. If you can't tell by now, Illustrative Math is a really great resource. To add a cherry on top of this resource, it, it also includes videos of the routines and action for teachers to watch. So many times we wonder if it's even possible to get all the things done, but now you can watch it happen in a real-life scenario. There are also professional learning materials for teachers, and really things that you can use to reflect their craft or maybe even bring it a part of your PLC. The Five Practices for Orchestrating Productive Instruction is a really great book that you can find on Amazon Amazon that really talks about this idea of creating task complexity, purpose representations, establishing teaching routines and practices, as well as teaching learning through curriculum needs, and then really being able to model with mathematics in K-5. And so if you're familiar with the book, I think the ideas and the principles are great and tie into the portions of what we talked about in illustrative math. How do you get this amazing resource? Part of the illustrative math is currently out right now. If you go to the web- website at im.kendallhunt.com and click on the K-5, you'll see the teachers and the parent resources. As is writing this blog, I believe unit one is loaded, which will the rest of them will be intermittently loaded in different parts the full launch, I believe in July of 2021. The program truly does mirror so many of the things we've talked about in our schools, which is why I wanted to share the designing principles with you. I think they're so important, and it makes me so excited to be able to share a resource with you to be able to have all the strategically designed, standard-aligned materials available in a ready-to-use format. By the way, that's free. It's amazing. We'll talk more about illustrative math if parts of it come out in other blogs, but check it out for now and see what you can find. Thanks so much for joining us.